Starshot, a Cortex actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game master, and this is a Dorothy chapter. All right, uh, Dorothy, well, welcome back. It's been a while since we've last aired a show with you. Uh, over the course of your journey, you know, we started at the Sanger farm uh, over by West Sands. That was as west as you can go and still be called civilization. Yeah, your farm was decimated by what seemed to be a massive storm. There was additionally some funkiness with some of the wildlife there, as we may recall. Uh, And so you left practically nothing left, really. I mean, the storm pretty much wiped away your life. And you left with Doc and some of your uh, neighboring farmers. From there, you went to West Sands, went to hold up at a hotel try to figure things out and that's when you receive the news that you know the aspiration the giant uh, generation ship that's supposed to be taking everyone off of this highly like literally hostile planet that doesn't like you being here has been destroyed in some capacity and yeah the people of west sands were going to hold a vigil you went to that vigil and what happened there was there was a lot of i think by the time you got there some sort of protests had kicked up and the police were there. There were tear gas. It was a wild scene. You had lost track of uh, your friends and you went into the mall looking for them into like this nearby mall looking for them. And as I recall, you had to uh, unfortunately knock out your Byroid doc uh, who was on your side. You then also put on uh, police clothes as we're like slowly learning that there's something funky going on with like the West Sands police force may or may not be so legit. In fact, you found a truck at the back of the mall that was like loading all these clones. And it's actually there that you ran into another player of ours, uh, Poke. And the two of you weren't quite sure like where you stood with one another, but yeah you managed to uh, take that truck, transport it to Poke's like hokey religious sites. You're you're not quite sure what it was meant to be. It was like this secret location that they seem to have outside of West Sands. And from there, you took a bus heading to Stepping Stone with Terrence as your driver, a non-clone, on your way to Stepping Stone, and most recently with what happened in your last episode, you ran into some of the wildlife, uh, which forced you all out. And yeah, there was a little bit of a scuffle. Poke went down due to exposure to the toxins in the air uh, of that contaminated area. Uh, and you managed to get Poke back onto the bus. You then took the bus uh, along until you finally made it to Stepping Stone. Uh, and that's where you were stopped at a checkpoint. At this checkpoint, you explain who you were, what you were doing, and the officer in charge of that checkpoint had additional questions for you to the point to where, you know, the two of you kind of had a little bit of a standoff um, in terms of like a battle of wills and, well, you lost out. And so we open up on this small vehicle that is uh, currently heading toward the city proper of Stepping Stone. This vehicle is not a police cruiser. High Command 
doesn't waste resources uh, by building such things. Policing is not their main job. And so this is kind of like a small everyday vehicle that frankly, you know, you use an app to summon if you need a ride somewhere uh, and just automatically drives you there. So no one's actually driving as we kind of zoom in to the interior of this car. We have Quinn Nakashima, who is currently on her pad looking over something. The soft glow of the light from her pad is illuminating her face. You sit across from her um, and she hasn't said a word in the two minutes that you've been on the road. What do you do? I look out the window. You look out the window. The vehicle is slowly pulling off of the highway. All of the tall structures here, you know, where West Sands has a lot of like, has a wide footprint. Most of the buildings are pretty squat. And, you know, half of those buildings were built into a canyon that like makes up the heart of West Sands. Here, all the buildings are towering skyscrapers. Uh, and the whole goal here is to just kind of keep the footprint small. You know, we're not talking about the deserts of West Sand anymore. We're talking about the forestry and the city was designed to kind of blend into that. There doesn't seem to be much life out here. It is late evening. There's no one on the sidewalks. Uh, and really the only street lights that are activated are the ones that are automatically turning on, then off as you pass by. It's a moment later that you hear Quinn give a voice command to the car, telling the car to reroutes to a diner and Quinn asks you um, probably nicer than she has been talking to you um, when you were at the checkpoint. Tell me, Dorothy, do you like a good burger or I could eat? She nods. Uh, the car chimes with a estimated time of arrival to the diner. It's only seven minutes from here. Finally, Quinn is just, Breaking the silence further, she folds her pad. Uh, this is a future where, you know, foldable screens are actually popular. <laughs> and so, you know, this pad folds until is this smaller than like your typical smartphone today. And she puts it in her pocket. She kind of steeples her fingers, gives you a long look. And she says, first time to Stepping Stone? First time in a long, long time. I see. Well, Dorothy, things are kind of unusual right now. May I have heard the news uh, regarding the renewed and the aspiration? That's why I was at the vigil when the cops started cracking down. Yes. So I've heard. It's a very peculiar case there. Situations developing in a way that um, has me worried. Can't imagine what you must be going through. I suppose that... I'm supposed to tell you everything that I've been through at this point. It'll be a start. Well, what would you like to know? Wes Sands, did you see anything particularly unusual? Perhaps people that shouldn't be there? Wildlife, even, infiltrating the city limits? Uh, wildlife. And it's funny you mention that. Now, in the city itself, no, I didn't. Um... That's actually part of the reason, though, that I found myself in the city was we, well, we had a storm that wiped out our crops, pretty much wiped out anything left viable on the property. But they, there was also an incident with uh, some local wildlife that attacked us during the previous night. And then, of course, 
this is what happened on the bus ride over here. In the city itself, though, not as far as I could tell, but it's funny because my companions, well, the people who ended up joining me just to get away from the police, they said that there was something unusual about the men in uniform there. Like, they weren't the type of people, they said, who they expected to see in officers' uniforms. I see. Uh, Quinn doesn't really betray anything. She just kind of turns her attention to the road, just as you were, eyes looking out the window. A few minutes later, if you let her, she'll just let the silence drag over the next few minutes. And uh, when you all finally arrive at the diner, it is a small diner. Frankly, it looks kind of like the kind of like what it was on the um, old world on Earth. Uh, and, you know, there's doesn't seem to be anyone here except for a couple of staff members that you can see uh, through the large windows of this diner. She gets out of the car. If you'd like, uh, she will help you out of the car. She certainly offers her hand. One way or the other, she says, whatever you want on the menu, it's on high command dime. I haven't had a good salad in a while. Steak salad, if you please. She nods. The two of you enter. You get a booth uh, at the far end. The server, kind uh, and tired, greets you all uh, as warm as she can. And yeah, she takes down your orders. You know, Quinn orders a large, um, like, double cheeseburger and some greasy fries and some Coke to go with it. And you get your salad. When the server's not there pouring coffee or water, whatever it is that you would like to drink, Dorothy. Quinn takes out her pad again. She unfolds it enough for it to just be like the size of her hand. And she says, so Dorothy Sanger, farmer, right? Yes. Can you tell me where you were a few months ago? Were you still working the farm? Yes. Is there anyone that can uh, corroborate that? No, my father is no longer with us. The bioroids working with me are incapacitated. This is highly unusual, and to tell it to you straight, off the books, you're not going to be detained for anything, but if you want to mind, I do have questions for an unrelated investigation. Very well. Tell me, Dorothy, have you been playing aside your entire life? No. She arcs an eyebrow. Have you paid in a visit to the renewed orbital station in your time here on Janus? No. Since we made landfall on the initial ship, I have remained on the planet for the most part at the farms. Now, Quinn looks like she's mid-20s, maybe late-20s, so she would have been born here on Janus. She nods, her fingers dancing across her pad as she takes some notes. Uh, at this point, your food has arrived, and, you know, she tips the server generously. Oh, waiter. Yes? Scotch on the rocks, if you prefer, if you please. Uh, sure thing. Quinn slides the uh, pad toward you. It's a picture of you. It's a picture of you being offloaded from a shuttle. It's a picture of you being offloaded from a shuttle, and you look like you're... 20 years younger, but you recognize your face. You're wearing a strange jumpsuit that you've never seen before. 
that seems more fitting for someone in high command or uh, perhaps one of those eggheads at Reinhardt's research hub. Care to explain this? This was taken just a few months ago. Well, I'm sure that it was, but I don't know exactly when it was uh, you doctored it with one of your you know, newfangled computer programs. I'm sure they've, they've got all sorts of things to do that now. I don't know. I don't know what this is. And frankly, I'm uh, a little amused that, you know, you'd think me capable of, what is it this exactly? Some sort of space station? Space travel? I miss. Until re- very recently, I farmed corn. I'm inclined to believe you. See, this photo is not, Doctor. I took it myself um, when I was reassigned to working logistics for the renewed orbital station. There are a few faces here, and, you know, she's panning around the photo. It is like a wider photo. It's not just a zoomed-in photo of you. Half these people are people who allegedly lived in West Sands. Other people here are not in the citizen registry. So I have a bit of a conundrum here, as you can uh, probably see. If what you're saying is true, and you have not been on the renewed, then who is this? And she double taps your face again. At this, uh, you know, she folds it up. She puts it away just as the server has come by with your scotch. uh, And she begins digging into her own food. So you said you took this photo. Now, you didn't have a chance to speak with this young woman, did you? Between bites of food, she says, Oh, no, um, you were ushered away very quickly. I'm not normally there when the shuttle lands. I was really only there because I think I might have stumbled across something. The point is, I didn't get to talk with any of these people. Now, I used this photo to identify some of these people. And I use personal time to then go talk with these people, at least those I can find in the citizen registry in West Sands. They're all like you, Dorothy. They're all like you in the sense that uh, they all claim to not have been on the renewed. And, you know, I, I would say the only difference is that they all had better alibis than you. But I'm inclined to believe you, too. Officer... I may have an idea, but if you don't mind, I have a question of my own. If you were there on official business for the high command, why is it that you weren't allowed in your duties of surveillance to speak with these people? This And using your personal time, I mean, excuse me for saying so, but this all sounds a little clandestine. And I'm not certain that I should be speaking to you off the record about this. A few months ago, I wasn't working security. I didn't have such a say in who I had access with back then. Back then, I was strictly logistics supports uh, and the management thereof. Um, as I said, I personally would not normally have been on the platform when that shuttle comes and goes. I didn't oversee the minute details of such things back then. I've since been reassigned when I brought this questioning up with my chain of command. And with that, you can tell she's getting a little comfortable. She's trying to, it seems, balance the amount of information to make you feel more comfortable with this conversation to begin with, while also keeping some of her cards closer to her chest. 
Well, there is one possibility, but I'm afraid I don't have much to corroborate this. I have a sister here in Stepping Stone, Emily. We haven't spoken in a number of years. There is a possibility that that's her you're looking at there. We do look quite a bit alike. She shakes her head, you know, following up on her food with uh, by drinking some soda. No, I checked. I, I followed that line. Do you know your your sister was in the hospital for a week at the time? Are you aware of that? She was apparently in the wrong neck of the woods, exposed to toxins much like your friend. She's made a recovery. Not sure how well the two of you keep in touch, but uh, that was not her. Not really much at all. I mean, part of the reason for me coming out here was to see her, but because after all, you know, after Daddy died, uh, well, she's pretty much all I have left on this world, especially now that the ranch is gone. Like I said, we've been sort of estranged. We have a strange family dynamic. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I think that perhaps after my father died, the last real barrier between the two of us, I think, has, has kind of crumbled away. That's part of my reason for coming out here. No, I, I had no idea, but I'm glad to hear that she's doing better. But if it's anything at all like what happened to that poor young man I was on the bus with, it must have been terrible. Well, I guess this is a bit of a dead end then. Uh, thank you for your time, Dorothy. And with that, you know, she's waving over the waitress to like box up what remains of her food. You're free to go. I don't actually have to ask you anything. And uh, frankly, I'll need to get back to the checkpoints uh, before uh, the next shift rolls in. You be safe out there. Try not to stay out too long. There is a bit of a soft curfew, as it were, going on right now here in Stepping Stone. Uh, certainly. Um, this, if you don't mind, uh, do you know of any sort of registry I might be able to look my sister up? Uh, the citizen registry is public, and you just need to connect with the citywide network uh, on your pad or a terminal, and yeah, you can look up anyone. There's only so much information that's publicly available, but it's all there. You'll find enough to uh, at least get in contact with her. Thank you. That, that would help me tremendously. No problem. And do me a favor, Dorothy. And uh, her pad's out once more. If you have any information that can help me out with this, I'd appreciate it. Well, actually, one question now that I think mm -hmm. about it. The young man who uh, you saw, who they took him to the hospital, and I'll have to check on him, of course, but you didn't happen to see any one of these photographs who looked like him, did you? She shakes her head. No, I didn't see him that day, and I was able to check uh, security cameras uh, to see any of the other times that this may have happened, but I do have reason to believe that this wasn't the first shuttle of people that uh, weren't where they say they were. I don't know, like a, a, a clone, perhaps, an unauthorized clone, something along, along those lines, but in which case, I would wonder why they would do that. I mean, considering that you know, there's stand, plenty of standard issue clones for, for people to choose from. She gives you a broad smile. Uh, and I think the last thing she leaves you with is, now those are the type of questions I'm hoping to answer. You have a good night, Miss Sanger. And she walks off. You're left alone here in this diner. The 
waiter comes by again, letting you know that like uh, due to like the soft curfew, whatever soft is supposed to mean, they'll have to close up shop here in like 20 minutes. Uh, what would you like to do? Young man, is there a terminal I can use in this establishment? I'd like to find some lodgings for the night. He jerks a thumb over to the far end, over to the opposite end of the diner. You can find a couple of terminals there. And, you know, frankly, it's it's aesthetically not unlike pay phones, um, but it's like giant uh, touchscreens. Actually, I suppose it's kind of sort of like the touchscreens that they have at some McDonald's now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those, but they now have like touchscreens they can order from rather than going up to the cashier. Or like an ATM. Or like that, yeah. Thank you. I finished my scotch. Walk on over to the terminal. All right, yeah, the terminal uh, lights up. It's on a very generic, rudimentary operating system. You know, it's limited in its functionality. What would you like to do? Well, I guess the first thing would be to see if there's anywhere I could stay for the night. Uh, just, you know, at least I'll have somewhere to go and I can continue my search. That's the first thing I would like to secure. Okay. Yeah, you can find a place like just a few city blocks away. Okay. I'm going to perform a search for Emily Sanger. Uh, let's actually have you do a roll for this. It's going to be your mental plus operate. And then one of your distinctions. I've set the difficulty to seven. Mental plus operation? Yeah. So a D8 plus a D6. Mm-hmm. And then one of your distinctions. Oh, right. I, I feel like probably Heart of Gold or Top Colonial Farmers good here. So D8. D8, D8, D6. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a 5, a 5, and a 1. Oh, what's the 1 on? It is on a D8. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that hitch from you. Uh, so go ahead and give yourself a plot point. Yeah, 10 is going to knock this out of the park. You find information on Emily Singer. You said she was your sister, right? Yes. Is she like your older, younger sister? It's complicated. Yeah, so Emily Singer lives on like the far end of town from where you're at right now. In one of these sort of like mega buildings that most people are assigned to. Most people don't just have like their own like separate house. Most people live in like apartments or condos that have been built for them. Uh, so you, could, you do get an address uh, for that. How far is it? think i could make it there tonight before the curfew yeah if you take one of the automated cars it'll be it's just a six mile drive no time like the present oh uh one more thing before i go i would like to look up mr polk and, and see just you know which hospital he was taken to this directory doesn't really have that kind of information you know you're free to look up polk but you'd be getting like broad like you know yellow book information well, can I at least copy down, I guess, the number of, or did she leave, did the officer, did she leave me any con- any way to contact her? Yeah, she did. Okay, well, I guess I can save that for the morning then. Maybe if I think of something new I can tell her, then I could sort of bargain for some information or something along those lines. Stepping Stone doesn't have too many hospitals. It has one military hospital and like two civilian hospitals, so... You know, you have a one in three chance of finding the right hospital if you want to just uh, also, like, call around. All right. Well, like I said, one thing at a time. I think I'd like to hail one of those automatic cars. So you're out there. It is colder here. It's like a crisp winter night. You don't 
you know, it's been winter this entire time since we've been recording. Uh, but you don't really feel it out on the West Sands. Uh, you feel it here, though. Your breath is uh, escaping in fogs. And, you know, while waiting for the uh, cabinet, it comes in a couple of minutes. But I don't think you're really dressed for this coming from West Sands. Uh, regardless, the cab comes and it's a warm comfort. Um, are you taking that straight to Emily? Yes. The red orb is pretty slow. Uh, when you arrive, you arrive at the mega building. This building is kind of towering, and you find that she is on uh, like one of the middle floors. You head in, public access. You take the lift up. Um, you find yourself in this sort of long hallway uh, that is decently well kept uh, and begin to head down. Now, as you're walking down this hallway, like, what's your last memory with Emily? I don't have one. Uh, what's, what is a thing that you know about Emily? She's the reason why I'm here. Hmm. She's the reason why I am the way I am. I don't really know what I hope to accomplish here, but I suppose closure would be a good start. My last question as you approach the door here, does Emily know about you? I haven't a clue. You buzz the door. It's late at night. You don't expect Emily or anyone to answer right away. And yet, someone does. I think while you're standing at the frame of the door, this is the future, so I think there's like personalized like buzzers and like small screens right next to the uh, door. You don't see who's on the other side of that screen. They would actually see you, I should say. Um, it's probably more of a camera than like an actual screen so that the person on the other side of the door can see who's at their door. And the speaker crackles to life. Is this some sort of joke? Who's this? Hello there. I'm sorry to be troubling you at such a late hour, but I've come a very long way. My name is Sanger, Dorothy Sanger. May I trouble you for a moment? May I come in? There's a moment here of hesitation. The speaker box crackles open, but not the door. It says, well, I don't know if this is some sort of sick joke from Wyatt, but I don't know any other singers. Well, you could ask him if you like, but I'm afraid you're going to need a shovel. He died not long ago. Bullshit. I don't know what to tell you. I guess check the obituaries from West Sands. We had a small ceremony on the ranch and everything. Me and the Bioroids. I don't know about you, but I'm an old woman. Frankly, a little bit run down. It's late at night. I'm in a strange town, and I have had a hell of a last few couple of months. May I at least come in and sit on your couch? Great. I think we need to do a contest here. Uh, so basically, you know, this is kind of jarring for her, as you can imagine. Even though she clearly sees what should be a familiar face to her, she's not budging on this door unless you convince her. So I think we need to uh, get some dice rolling. We can kind of ride off of what you've already said for this initial roll. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and make an influence check? D6 for influence. Social is D10. And I guess top colonial farmer probably again for D8. I mean, that is, you know, my background. Yeah, I would say so. Right. So that's two ones and a three. Well, this is not going to be a hard roll for her. So uh, I am not going to buy those hitches. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and roll, though. So she rolled a she rolled a 14. 
Now, uh, and also rolled one opportunity, but you don't currently really have anything on the board to use that opportunity for. So with a 14, that's going to be a D8 effect die. So a 14 and D8 effect die, uh, since she so resoundingly beat your three. Um, now, as a reminder, you do have an option here. You can give in, um, taking a plot points and you know, describing your own failure. Uh, or you can pick up dice again and try to beat this 14. Now you have a lot of plot points that weren't useful for this last roll because you rolled once and you can't use those ones for anything. But, you know, we could be spending it to create like a relationship die here. I would suggest relationship dice last for the entirety of the session. And they they're basically they basically work like assets. And I think you two have like this common relationship to Wyatt, right? Your father. This would be like a D six uh, relationship if you're wanting to roll more dice. I can certainly do that. That's just a suggestion. If you can think of any other advantages that you have here that you can leverage, we can spend plot points and turn Hold that on. into dice. Yeah, absolutely. Look, listen. You want some proof that I'm from Sanger Farms? Look, and I I. Uh take my bag off my shoulder and unzip it to show the rifle. This has been in the family for generations. Now, either either I went through all the trouble of going to your ranch, grabbing this off an old man, and coming all the way out here just to stand at your door and, I don't know, sell you a subscription to magazines or something like that, or I'm telling the truth. Yeah, you can absolutely add your signature asset to this role. So we now have a relationship die. We now have a signature asset. Um, for the record, you don't have to spend a plot point to activate your signature asset here. Uh, but you do have to spend a plot point if you want that Wyatt die. Um, and if you're happy with this dice pool, uh, you can roll it. Or if you can think of other advantages, remember, we can turn any sort of like advantage into a die, basically, by spending plot points. I can also describe how the how I know you know what Sanger Farms looks like. Okay, but then again, I'm not sure she's ever actually been to Sanger Farms. Uh, I mean, you can still try. So if you want to spend another plot point, that'll be uh, another D6 for you. Sure. But I think this is otherwise going to be the same dice pool. You're you have your influence, your social, your top colonial farmer. Um, you're essentially just adding three D6 to the pool now. Okay, so there's a 1 on one of the D6s, and then the remaining D6s, there's a 3, 3, and a 4, and then a 7 on the D8, and a 4 on the D10. I guess 7 and 4. So 11, that doesn't quite be 14, but we're not done here yet. If you want, you can spend a plot point to add a third die to the total uh, from what you've already rolled, so long as it's not a 1. Okay. You can also spend plot points to roll the hero dice, and that just, um, no matter what it rolls, it just automatically gets added to your total. I think I'm going to use it to add the four to make bring it to a total of 15. Okay. I did say there's a one in this, so I guess that's a hitch for you to pick up. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that. So we're at 15. I think she's just going to give in. Uh, there's a moment of silence here. The... Uh, door uh, opens for you. Uh, standing in the doorway, the hallway light now flicking on is a woman who gives you a very long look. It's like looking into a mirror, but seeing yourself put uh, with 20 pounds on her and for some reason a couple inches shorter than you. 
uh, you are looking in the face of Emily Sanger, and she's looking at you uh, with a mixture of horror, uh, skepticism, general like rage that you don't think that's for you. Nevertheless, she doesn't say anything. She just leaves the door open, and she continues into her apartment. Well, you drink like my dad, too? I could drink. Uh, as you enter in, the abode is small. Most of the rooms here are kind of cozy. There's not much to it. In fact, this the type of apartment where there's just like a single long hallway. All the rooms are on the left side. So the first thing that you walk past is a uh, single closet door. There's a door there for that. But past that, there's the kitchen that she's currently in. She's currently getting two glasses and pulling out some whiskey uh, that she's now pouring over the rocks for both of you. And she just kind of like, as she's pouring that, she says, just go, keep going straight down, hon. Don't be shy. Live room's uh, last one on the left. And as you keep going, you know, you pass a bathroom, you pass a cramp um, laundry room, you pass what is presumably her bedroom. The door to that is closed. You make it to this living room, which seems to actually be the nicest room in the place that you've seen so far. Uh, she eventually joins you in that room, two whiskey glasses in hand. And she sets one down uh, and sits across from you in, in an armchair. Well, that's sick fuck. You look just like me. You couldn't stand to be alone out there, huh? Well, I don't know so much if it was alone or just maybe he couldn't stand the fact that you beat him. You finally got out and you finally got away from him. What about you? What made you stay? Well, Daddy, um, he didn't really go on at length, but the night that he died, well, let's just say I think he uh, realized there was really no more reason to lie to me anymore, to pretend. He got good and drunk and told me everything about how he couldn't stand the fact that he wouldn't be the daughter who obeyed him, about how about how he figured he could have someone to order around the way he never could with mom. And maybe he could have you, but just breed out all the troublesome elements. You know, out there in the frontier, you grease the right palms. You know, what's a little bit of unauthorized cloning here or there? That's, uh, that's how I came to be. Cheers. She sips her whiskey. And you can tell that, you know, some of her anger has abated a little bit. Or at least she's put a nice face on it. Or perhaps it's the whiskey. Whatever the case is, she leans back. She's, her eyes just glued on you. What are you doing here, huh? You think I'm just going to take care of my father's mistake? I don't know, really know what you mean by that. I mean, I guess, I guess I don't really know. When you lose someone in your life, you find yourself at a crossroads. That's sort of where I am. Even if that person is a monster, even if that person made you question your very reason for existing, even if you came to realize that your whole life was a joke, and he lets you know that in no uncertain terms. Well, you still have a part of you in life that's missing. And well, I don't know if you know this, but Sanger Farms is no more. A pretty nasty storm not long ago. And uh, it's gone. That's it. Why it's gone. Sanger Farms is gone. All that's left is me and you. Good riddance, I say. 
if I don't have to go to the grocery store and see another goddamn Singer Farm logo, I'd be that much happier. Well, I mean, at least you seem to know what it was. Everybody out here seems to be crazy for seaweed or something like that. But yes, I'm uh, starting to agree. You know, it's really funny, Emily, because I know you, but I don't. When Daddy brought me into this world, he gave me some of your memories. But it's sort of like, how do I put it this way? It gets messy when you're making a copy of a copy. It, may, it gets messy when you're trying to replicate something but improve upon it or whatever that means. It's, it, he, tried to, he tried to make it seem as though I'd always been there with him, but I don't really know where I begin, where you end. I don't even really know how actually old I am. For whatever reason, the old bastard thought it would be funny or maybe just more realistic, but you know how most clones are fresh-faced and on average a little bit stronger than the average you you or me. He thought it would be better, that I would make a better daughter if he just let me age normally, you know, just let the desert air wash over me, age me, turn my bones to dust, turn my cartilage into nothing, my muscles just decay away. I can already tell that this world's been a little bit kinder to you than me, but he made it seem that for all I knew, I knew nothing but Wyatt Sanger for all those years of my life. And that's that's the really cruel part of it. I'm not to say that, that what you've been through isn't enough. I mean, God knows, he, you had to have had a reason to run away from him. There was a boy, wasn't there? Why don't you uh, make another role for me here? This is more for read of her. There's something in the air that seems to have changed. And so uh, why don't you go ahead and do a notice and mental? I would assume like world wary. But you tell me. No, that seems about right. And the difficulty uh, you're up against is a 12. That's uh, also a 12. Well, it's a 5, a 4, and a 7. Uh, unless you spend a plot point, you're not going to win this. Oh, sure. Why not? The air sort of shifts. You know, she kind of changes the subject. She's kind of looking off toward... Well, she is kind of changing the subject in the sense that, like, you know, she does look toward a picture that's hanging on the wall of a younger version of herself and what may be that boy that you're talking about. But what she says is unrelated. Where she says, I reckon you need some place to stay tonight. You can stay here on the couch if you like. It's not too much trouble. I wouldn't want to be any more of an imposition than I already am. She doesn't say one way or the other if it is. You're kind of getting a sort of sinking feeling with this. For all her generosity, as she gets up and moves about, she goes into like a nearby closet that's on this part of the apartment, getting out some extra uh, blankets and pillows for you. You have a feeling that, you know, although she's making nice her anger hasn't quite abated and her anxiety is through the roof. And she says, you know, maybe we'll talk about this more in the morning. I'm awfully tired. This is too much to process. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this was a mistake. Maybe I should have waited for the morning or not come at all. It's, it's fine. It's completely fine. 
You just stay the night. We'll talk more in the morning. Emily, I'm so sorry. You've both been through a lot. I, I can't imagine what you've been through, but if it's anything at all like, like me, I think Dorothy starts, she just stops, she just cuts off and she just starts to cry a bit here on the couch. I think when you were saying that, like she was like already walking out when you started to say that and she had just entered the hallway and she paused. She never turned around to look at you. So we kind of have this shot where we see her face and we see you on the couch in the background. And, you know, she can clearly, like, she listens to what you have to say. She lowers her gaze as she hears you crying. She otherwise uh, walks off uh, frame and off the scene and retires to her bedroom. What do you do? I, well, I pull up the colors and I look at the ceiling. I try to sleep, but it's just not coming. I'm going to spend a die from the danger zone. It's going to be a D6. It's going to give you a complication. Uh, it's going to be a D6 fatigued. Right. I think it's all of like an hour later. Um, you can just make out a little bit of light from underneath uh, Emily's door in her bedroom in the hallway. I think with how you're like laid out on the couch, you have full sight of that long hallway all the way to the front door of this apartment. And you can see some of that light. You hear some hush voice on the other side of that door, even from where you're sitting. Um, on the couch there, trying to uh, sleep away what remains of tonight's. What do you do? I turn over, I guess. Okay. It's not for me to listen to. You know, I'm already in a position enough being here. I'm not about to go barging in on her personal life. You know, she's got. Well, if, if she is still with the same man that I, that she. Uh, was with that, that caused her to leave daddy, then, I mean, that's her business, you know. Maybe she's not ready for him to see me, or who knows, maybe she's calling the authorities on her right now. That's that's fine. It's, I'm a strange woman in her apartment, you know. Come what may, but at least I've actually seen her now. 20 minutes later, uh, there was a buzz at the door. Emily apparently was not sleeping. She leaves her bedroom too quick for her to have just been sleeping. Uh, I imagine that uh, I would say this is probably just about the time that you are actually finally slipping into sleep. And she goes to open the door. In the bright hallway of the apartment complex here, you see two men standing side by side talking with her in the door. She steps aside to let them in. They're wearing like these white uniforms. And you can clearly see the, uh, even through your groggy eyes, they're kind of a little bit blindsided by the sudden rush of light in the hallway. Uh, you can clearly see that the logos belong to Reinhardt Research Hub. The two men are quickly heading down the hallway toward you. I grab my rifle and I hide. Uh, once you go ahead and make a sneak roll, uh, it's going to be like a physical and sneak. One of your distinctions, probably world wary. And the difficulty that you have to beat is 11. Okay, so I'm going to do, that's a D6, a D6, and a D8. Uh, it's a 7, a 3, and a 2, so I don't quite beat you. I think you fumble with some of the sheets uh, to try to get out of the way here, but I think with how you're like laid out, they clearly also had a clear line of sight of you. And you hear a gruff voice. Dorothy, don't make this harder than it needs to be. We'll need you to step on out here. We'll walk you out. Don't make no fuss. It's too late in the evening for that. 
I think you have uh, retreated to like the end of the living room where they no longer can see you. So you're not hiding, but they know that you're there because, I mean, you failed your role. But I think you hear some whispering as this guy talks to his partner. All right, remember, non-lethal force if we can help it. What do you do? Well, we'll see if you can help it or not, uh, whoever you are. Uh, I've just met my, I've just met the last person left in my life and she's just sold me out to some, uh, weirdos in lab coats. So, uh, way I see it, I've got nothing left to live for. Do you? And, uh, I cocked the rifle audibly. Uh, what's your, <laughs> what's your goal here? Are you trying to scare them off entirely or are you ready to blast away as soon as someone comes around the corner here? Mostly the first one with an eye towards the second one if, uh, they pull anything funny. Yeah, I think the first guy comes around the corner and immediately sees that you have a rifle on top of like hearing it just a moment before and immediately like shoves his partner um, back into the hallway. He presses himself against the uh, wall here. You can just barely make out like half of his face as he's peering around the corner at you. Come on now, Dorothy, don't make this harder than it needs to be. Yes, you said that already. Hands where I can see them. Uh, tell your lackey there to stay in the hallway along with my sister, you can come towards me and we can have a nice, civilized conversation right here. You can, you over there, and me right here, and you can tell me exactly what you're demanding of me at this ungodly hour. I think we have a contest here. You're kicking off this contest. Uh, this is going to be uh, social. Social and, I would say, like, influence. Uh, was it, would this be fast talk? I don't know. I uh, am probably world wary. You have your hunting rifle die already. So wait, are we using the hunting die, rifle die here or no? I mean, you're you're basically leveraging it for this, right? So right, yeah. Okay, so world wary D eight, hunting rifle D six, social D ten, and uh, influence D six. So two sixes and eight and a ten. Here we go. Right. So that's a three, a two, a six, and an eight. Great. Uh, what's your total? Uh, the, I guess that of the two I'm adding, that's a 14. 14, and then what's your effect die? But I'll pick, I guess, the D6. That's a 3. Uh, these are minor characters, so they don't have a whole lot going on. That said, your fatigue is working against you here. Uh, so I'm rolling that. I'm spending a die out of the danger zone to add to their pool, and we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. I rolled a 10 so far and an opportunity. I'm actually going to spend two dice out of the danger zone to add two more dice to my total. So my total is 18. I don't know if it would be worth it to to cut down on my fatigue any right here, because that is going to be a complication going forward for the rest of the session, isn't it? Yeah, if you step it down to a D4, basically what happens is D4s are kind of special when it comes to complications. If you want, you can include a D4 complication into your dice pool, roll it, and if you do, uh, you get a plot point for doing that. So you was you would eventually get a plot point back if you voluntarily like rolled that d4. And if it gets stepped down from a d4, it, it then like just goes away completely. Well, I think I'd le- at least like to do that with my plot point. At least you know I'll, I'll say that I've had a burst of adrenaline. So you now have a d4 fatigue. Uh, so they can't roll that against you. You've done that. You still have a choice of giving in or trying to beat this 18. Oh, there's no way I'm going to beat that 18, I don't think. I can't see how I would. Now, the other caveat when it comes to giving in um, is that you can't immediately start a new contest. 
So you can't be like, oh, yeah, I give in and these guys uh, come into the living room and begin to detain me. Um, and then I shoot them because shooting them would mean starting a new contest, right? So um, you have to like wait a little bit before you can start a contest. And we, we kind of like decide that together um, for what makes sense. Alternatively, like, you know, if you were to roll again and fail, um, this isn't high stakes yet to the point to where like failure means that you're automatically arrested and you go with them. Uh, it would just mean that you get a complication but then you're otherwise free to do what you want. And in this case, uh, because of how they rolled the dice, you know, the complication would just be a D6. If you want, you can like, I guess if you wanted to change up the dice pool a little bit, I could see making like a social plus shoot. If you did like a warning shot, you would then get the rifle specialty. That off the bat is already going to be like a slightly bigger um, dice pool. Uh, you'll also have the D4 fatigued, which will give you a plot point, which you can then like use for the roll to like help make your life a little bit better. Let's do that. Okay. So yeah, you're you're you've cocked the rifle already. You're firing a warning shot. The guy ducks behind um, for cover, and you you know you restate your points. So yeah, go ahead and build this dice ball. Second D6 is a six. The third D6 is a four. The D10 is an eight. And the D8 is a 7. Uh, sounds like your best roll there is a 15. You know, I can do, um, I can use spend a plot point to keep the 6, I guess. Bless you. Uh, what's your total? So, uh, math. Uh, that's going to be 21. 21. Uh, what's your effect, die? Uh, I guess it'll be a 4, a D6. 21 and a D6. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to give in, giving myself a plot point. Yeah, uh, I think there's a moment here where there's some silence, and then suddenly you see a hand. You see the taser gun that the guy originally had. Um, it's kind of like dangling from his trigger finger. He then just tosses it over to the couch, and yeah, he, he himself comes out with his hands up and says, Now, Dorothy, we don't need to be making a ruckus this this late at night come on you you want to talk let's talk very well where to begin oh yes um did my sister send you yeah miss mrs singer did contact us uh bring her out here please he swallows you know this guy looks uh to his left uh which is to say he's looking up the hallway he says afraid i'm not gonna put a civilian in the line of a clearly hostile clone. Now, we could be reasonable here, but I'm not going to have your sister out here for you to shoot. Okay, okay. Let's review the facts now. Uh, you were the one who entered the domicile with an attempt at uh, retrieving me by force, so uh, I wouldn't be the one to point fingers at who's being hostile here. Who are you, and what do you want with me? Dorothy, we are well within our rights. Might makes right, and currently I'm the one pointing a rifle at your lungs. So, would you kind of rephrase that? <sighs> Glover Act. Twelve years after Worldfall. It says that, um, that companies are allowed to retrieve their assets. Now, Reinhardt Research Hub is not in the business of cloning anymore, but at the time of your situation as it were 
back when Reinhardt Research Hub was Reinhardt Industries, they were the ones commissioned, well, uh, to hatch you. I thought I was a product of one of the local mobs in uh, the clandestine operation. I didn't realize I was, well, I didn't realize I was top of the line product. You're officially in our books. Now, I don't know anything about that. That was before my time, Dorothy. But I'm just trying to do my job. Now, please, I have kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, what exactly are you asking me now to do? Are you, am I to be recycled? Are you going to take my head, my legs, and uh, you know just throw them in the thresher and repurpose them for the next burger flipper that you plan to sell out there? Or uh, did you have something more civilized in mind? Because I'm just trying to go about my own business out here. And uh, until very recently, he said, I'm on your books. Until very recently, I hadn't heard of you boys. He's going to actually kick off a contest. So a bit metagamey, but he is going to try to instill some doubts. That's his ultimate goal here. Um, he tells you that, no, ma'am, Reinhardt Research Hub cares for his assets. It just wants to do a quality assurance test. And what happens from there depends on, well, the goods, as it were. But poor word, poor phrasing. But point is, you're going to be all right. Just please come with us. And that's uh, that's how he's kicking off this. And I'm just going to go ahead and roll. Uh, and I rolled a 12 with a DA effect die. Now, you don't have to answer this contest. You could just believe him and we follow from there. Uh, otherwise, you're more than welcome to pick up dice right now. Oh, I'm definitely going to pick up dice. I don't trust this man as far as I can throw him. Okay. Uh, so what does this kind of look like? Are you just trying to... So the most logical thing here is that you're trying to discern his lies, and that would be like a nose check? Yeah, I suppose so. I just, uh, you know, his wording and everything, the way he's coming off, is he definitely seems like he's uh, more cop than psychiatrist here. And I just don't buy the bill of goods that he's trying to sell me. That's fair. That's fair. I certainly don't trust, uh, you know, myself being safe in his hands. I think that as soon as he gets his hands on me, he's going to rough me up. Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly what he's trying to change your mind for. So this could also be a focus uh, uh, where focus is just kind of like mentally standing your ground, right, on the situation um, and not being persuaded or tricked. No, this is also applicable here. And I mean, frankly, that's a better die for you. Okay. And uh, this is going to be more of a mental check. So that's eight, eight, and I guess world weary. You're still holding him at gunpoint, so, you know, if you want to roll the hunting rifle d6, you're more than welcome to. I don't really see how it would make a difference in this scenario. I don't think it would make sense from a story standpoint. Okay. Just because I'm holding the rifle doesn't mean I'm more li I'm less likely to agree to him. If anything, it makes the, the situation that much more tense. Uh, but in any case, I've rolled three d8s. It's a four, a six, and an eight. What's your total? That's a... 14. 14 in a DA effect die by default. That's your last die. So 12 versus your 14. Okay, okay, okay. I think he's going to uh, he's going to try to rise to the challenge. He's going to uh, roll again. Uh, the only thing different here to his dice pool is I'll be spending another D6 from the danger zone to add that to the roll. 
Uh, he has managed to roll a 15 with a d6 effect die. Okay. Well, like I said, I don't think I'm really going to... I don't think I'm going to beat this guy with the with the rate at which you're spending dice. So, um, but I will say this. Um, is there... Well, I mean, if it helps, I, guess, I don't have any more uh, Danger right. Zone dice. Right. But is he trying to still convince me to come with him at this point, or is he trying to convince me of the point that it, they don't mean me any harm, I guess is what I'm trying to It's more of the. It's more of the latter. That... That they don't yeah. mean me any harm. Yeah. And so, like, what he's ultimately trying to do is inflict a complication of doubts. Well, I guess I think I'll give in on that point then, because to be honest, I, as as stated, I didn't know that I was, uh, in fact, a product of Reinhardt. And uh, therefore, it is entirely possible that what he's saying, it's entirely possible that what he's saying is true. I don't know that to be true. What I do know to be true is I don't like him very much. Are you giving in then, or... I'll tell him this. Mm-hmm. If we're going to uh, reason with each other, then uh, we may as well be playing with each other. Now, you're calling me by my given name, which I appreciate, sir, because that's, you know, I'm sure you could have a serial number that you could refer to me as, and that wouldn't be very humanizing, now would it? What's your name? What do I call you by? He uh, actually, like, takes a seat on the very edge of that couch. Um, now, I don't think it's lost to you that this is the same couch that he just kind of threw his uh, taser on. But with that said, he's like, he's steepling his fingers. He's leaning forward. Well, Darius. Darius. Okay. Classical name. Persian. Yes. Uh, the Conqueror, I believe. Very nice. Okay, Mr. Sure. Darius, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. I don't know much about Reinhardt. I don't know much about cloning. So there's a chance that what you're saying is true. Given the fact that I'm new in town, I don't really have much to go to, and I certainly can't trust my sister now at this point. I'll come with you, but we're going to have to come to an agreement here, okay? Number one, I want you to stop edging towards that taser on the couch. Number two, I'm not going to be shackled. Number three, I'm going to keep my clothing at least until you take me to whatever prison facility it is that you're taking me to. Is this uh, agreeable to you? Well, for the record, it's not prison, but yes, that's agreeable. Okay, give me a moment to get dressed. I may not be a real human, but I am really 78 years old, or however it is I feel. Who knows what's real these days? And uh, I do deserve just a modicum of modesty, if you will. He looks at you, his eyes clearly flitting to the uh, taser gun, which is like wrapped up, like partially wrapped up in the blanket that's like overturned on the couch here. Uh, but he doesn't go for it. He stands up uh, and just sort of sidles his way. He doesn't want to turn his back on you uh, toward the hallway here. We'll be in the kitchen. And with that said, uh, let's give you a plot point for giving in like that. You can hear them um, head into the uh, kitchen and they're very much having a hushed conversation. You can't make out what they're saying, but you can tell that Emily's in on it too. Uh, what do you do? Um, this taser gun, can I take a look at it? Yeah, you can take a look at it. Is it um, does it run off of a power source or something? Yeah, super small, uh, but powerful source. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the taser gun, but I'm going to take the power. Is it Would it be obvious if the power source was removed from this thing upon first glance? Like, is it one of those things where there's like a battery, like a panel that you'd have to open up and take and take the source out? So what I guess I'm trying to see is that if I if I uh, take the source out 
keep the thing on my person. They find it on my person and, uh, you know, then attempt to use it on me. It won't work because I've taken the source out. It will be pretty obvious to anybody handling it that, uh, you know, it's unloaded. It's not immediately obvious, but also doesn't take much to check. Um, but with, you know, when it comes to the taser gun that they know they have been fired, they don't really have too much of a reason to check for that. Uh, as opposed to a gun, which, you know, they may immediately like check to see if it's loaded. Right. So it was a little bit different there. So yeah, I would say you'd be able to take it out and they would be none the wiser, most likely. Okay. I'm going to take the power pack out, uh, toss it, hide it somewhere in the room, put the taser back where I found it. Get dressed, I guess. Okay. Meet them out in the kitchen. Meet them out in the kitchen. You see Darius, you see his partner, uh, who is this kind of squat, mustachioed man uh, standing next to him. And you see a worried, like, Emily, who can't meet your eyes right now. She's sitting at the tiny kitchen table. Emily, I'm uh, very sorry to have ruined your wallpaper. Here, do I have any cash on me? Uh, All the cash is just kind of digital. I'll uh, I'll make sure that something that whatever's left of uh, our assets is sent to you so you can get a nice uh, repair work there. I guess I'll see you on the other side. We can't tell what it is that has her does this. Maybe it's embarrassment and shame, but whatever it is, you know, she just turns her profile even further away from you, um, and while si- still sitting at that table, and she just she doesn't say anything. Uh, Darius and the other young man begin to escort you out family such a mess isn't it all music and artwork was done by james austin whose other works can be found in the show notes if you would like to keep up on the latest starshot news follow us on twitter at starshot pod we'll see you among the stars